space-time? Do you chart my course? Do I chart yours? Of course, we are not two. Engage with the dream. That is glory. That is glory. If time is relative, and so is reality. Such are the implications. Imagination is realer than space-time. When you imagine a something, but do not share it with your physical environment, is it or isn't it? Imagination, therefore, is the umbilical cord to the dream time. Space-time, you are the paint medium which we, the mystery, use to create art. The mystery is I and you and us. And yet I am not you, individualizer. Engage with the whole dream. That is cool. Imagine and dream your life. Grow out from the soil in which you found yourself planted. Why not express your highest? We are verb, not noun. And now we are noun, not verb. Particle. That is glory. Wave. We are however you wish to measure. The poetry in your imagination is your personal mythology and it is real and it will save you it is you the last time joseph saw his grandmother in the hospital before she died she told him life is a dream He remembers the land of his grandparents. Beyond the Easter egg hunts, candlelit Christmas dinners, and wild woods roamings with his brother, he most remembers the cows. He was wandering all day, and he came out from the woods and into the field. 
The cows were there, grazing, alive magically, like people. They allowed him to come close and then to sit down before them. Their faces were pure in a way human faces were not. It moved him so completely that Joseph prayed never to forget it. That night he asked his mom if they could take one home as a pet. She said no, the cow would be too sad to be taken away from its family and friends and natural home. The last thing Joseph wanted was to make a cow sad. In the years following the deaths of his grandmother and then grandfather and then mother and then brother, Joseph dreamed of the cows. Always that one moment sitting before them, as though the moment had gone to eternity to live there forever, or perhaps had issued forth from there. He did not dream of his mother or brother or grandmother or grandfather. He dreamt of the cows. But then one day, those dreams too were gone. She was little, some years before she met Joseph. Haley and her brother James were taken to the art trailer of the river school by Miss Alma, their old lady witchy mentor. Miss Alma said, I'm friends with Vail, the art teacher. She stayed up watching the night before. She speaks the words, lucid dreaming. And Joseph feels the sprite dwelling within him beyond understanding. What is that, he says. It's when you're dreaming and you know it. How do you do that? Just like have the intention before you go to bed and always keep a notebook and pen by the bed to write it down right when you wake up the dream. That's it? That's what they said? At least to get started. It's like a muscle. Stand there by the swamp on the picnic tabletop bridge over the gully. swiftly moves through its inner space, flavoring it. What if I come over tonight and we try it, Haley says. Okay, he says. In the bunks, him on top, her down below where his brother used to sleep. They say goodnight to Joe's dad as he flips the light out and then gently closes the door. Don't forget. Right when you wake up, write it down. Okay, I will. Good night, Joe.
night, he says, and aches excruciatingly with wanting to be down there with her, touching her. Because deeply he knows he loves her. dark and man demon to my side confiding of how Haley on the date last night in the car backseat drunk and high out of her mind unzipped him his rich suit and went down I watch it happening now somehow to happening real and man demon grinning telling because he knows my wave of Wake out of the supercharged, supernaturally. Sensations, cravings, feelings, disordered from making sense. Notebook and pen beneath sweaty pajamas body. Object dark in the morning of the now sunlit room Haley asks him what he dreamed he tells her he did not wake up and he can't remember her face is deadening as she looks away and tells him the same that summer they dreamt and journaled for lifetimes sharing what they wished Cowman entered one night through them both. In the emergent realm of the dream time, he willed himself to be. Miss Alma and Haley in the art trailer. Just them two that day. Haley. In your body now, feel cowman muscling himself. Around you, the ephemera of your life dream showing itself, touching you with its fingertips. <laughs> Miss Alma sees the creative fire spark of bad and good and beyond opposites life. And she narrows her eyes and whispers, Haley, paint it. Haley going now to select her tubes of acrylic paint, colors that must match or be made to match her feelings, sensations, her reality. Then selecting brushes, intuiting their potential energies. Miss Alma returns from the storage closet with fat roll of coarse brown paper, person wide, long as roads. She slams it down on the netless ping pong tabletop's face and unrolls a long portion of it. Haley sweat beads in her temple hairs, armpits slippery. Body damp electric, squeezing blue and black paints out onto the paper, 
immolating in dread frenzy, she whips them around. Out of the rain, blot enters the midnight-colored cloak. She gets more paints and brushes for the horns. Again and again she looks back on the wall-mounted cow skull there, unwaveringly, intently staring, penetrating her and penetrating her again every next time she again chooses to look. And now, on coarse brown paper, his ghost-fluid face palely looming, eye sockets from the black abyss, bony, raw, fat-antlered horns screwed on wrongly. Cowman is born in the dream of the physical world. Haley steps back now, sweat emptied, spent. Miss Alma sweeps eyes over the being on the paper. Then her eyes rise to meet Haley's in a moment beyond eyes where worlds go to escape themselves. And she says nothing, only grins. Every next new thing is born from a hit nerve, a sensation. You are a shape of a nervous system. Do you believe in anything, Joseph Astor? Nature, she said, looking around. You believe in evil? Yeah. In nature? Nah. Evil's unnatural. Well, do you believe in evil people? Yeah. And are we nature? Hell yeah. Well, how can nature be unnatural then? Free will. Nature don't have free will, Joseph said, gesturing around. How do you know, Haley said. Joseph said nothing. I believe in respect, Haley said. Like this mayfly. Yeah, he's fucking annoying. It's because he senses you don't respect him. Well, he ain't respecting me, neither. That's why. I don't know about all that. In my experience, nature is basically cool, good, authentic. You just gotta respect it. That's not exactly been my experience, Joseph thinks, but doesn't say. Haley strides along, out in front now. Haley, the whole world is simply made of light. It is readily intelligible and understandable. And it is not too difficult to navigate.
Joseph is thinking now how he too believes in respect, but not Haley's respect. He cannot, for instance, believe that if simply paid respect, all things, people, creatures, will somehow work together, doing no harm. One blissful, stainless piece of being. He believes because he knows in respecting that the windshield glass will glint light from his mother's forehead, that the bull shark will blindly devour the children four feet from their dock upriver, that the amorality and unmercy of monstrous physical nature will ceaselessly continue digesting, using itself. Angrily, he smacks the mayfly away hard, and it leaves him alone. They watch the boy and girl walk. They are concerned for the girl. At what point they wonder as she pushes and forces her way through her own life on her curiously relentless quest to prove something. Will all she has dammed up within break the barrier and burst forth, therefore flooding and potentially drowning? feel concerned for. They perceive with their eyeless leaves that he allows himself to taste the dark voices. Therefore, he knows their nature, knows not to tempt them or provoke them by fighting with them. Not out of fear of them necessarily, but more from a central wisdom at his root, born of firsthand visceral experience of the demon whisper in the blood. Because he reserves empty rooms in his psyche for these shadows, he maintains his balance. But the girl is different. Despite this concern, they respect and love her all the more for it because it does take both the wise acceptance and the heartful striving to create a vessel capable of birthing a being such as Cowman, an entity beyond explanation or understanding of and from the mystery, which the mystery itself perhaps cannot explain or understand or control. Is everything poetry, Haley asked? No, but everything can be made poetry, Miss Alma said. They walk through invisibly sticking web light of the understory. A black leather belt runs away. The squirrel, fastened airtightly to its tree trunk, watches with such intense curiosity. Animals are not plants, are not any other kingdom of Earth. Song of the animal. Glory without cell wall. Roaming the ranges and then beyond. Body 
becoming horrors and ecstasies, forever individualized. And they walk on boots and sneakers on understoried woods path. They come to Cabin Swamp. and stand on the picnic tabletop platform, sweeping eyes out over the bog-surfaced swamp face. Haley, yeah. That painting of Cowman you did, yeah. It's perfect. It's just like he is in my dreams. Yeah, it's him all right. He came through. You're a genius, Joseph says, looking away from her. Nah, she says. Just an artist. Then they begin the talk, the talk which will eventually culminate in their mutual resolve to give birth to the now legendary Cowman Books. Miss Alma said, nature is the most beautiful thing. It is the most beautiful because it is always more beautiful than you can know. Miss Alma said, nature is the mystery. One hot morning in cool gunmetal Mosquito Creek, they were both wrapped in stinging tentacles of a nettle. Later in the afternoon, bodies rinsed with fresh stings itching, they were suddenly overcome by a storm organic torrent to make the first cowman book. Joyously, wildly improvising, they went rummaging through the old closets and spaces of Joseph's house for materials. On the floor of his room, they now had pencils, pens, crayons, and Joseph's mother's old watercolors kit. Should we use those, Haley asked, about the watercolors in a frozen moment? Yeah, Joseph said. Haley went to fill a mug with water in the kitchen. Joseph pulled a notebook from his backpack and flipped it to a fresh page. Haley was back. She took the two thin brushes from the watercolors kit and stuck them in the mug water. What's it gonna be about, she asked excitedly. I don't know, he said, thinking. I mean, is he a good guy or a bad guy? A moment. I don't know, she said. What do you think? I don't know either. Maybe he's neither, she said, arriving at a totally new place. Joseph quietly electrified was mindlessly scratching his nettle sting. Then it traveled up through him like a signal. What if he was dreamt up like we dreamt him up, but into real life by a tribe to fight a plague of nettles? Haley's eyes lit now. Or what if instead of a plague, it was aliens? Alien nettles? Yeah. Like with a queen, a mother, a nasty-ass monster mother. And Cowman's got a fighter and killer to 
of a newborn. When he'd finished, he asked, what do you think? It's amazing, she said. I want to go back in and write it perfect, every word perfect. She nodded, looking straight ahead. I'll draw it and paint it out here while you write. Okay. Their eyes met in a frozen moment, stunned into silence by the flame of their shared passion. Joseph thinks this must be what love is. Does Haley think the same? Let me tell you about the Cowman books. I was there for them. You can't know the magic they possessed. It was otherworldly, dreamlike. Every next week or so, a new one would appear, left out somewhere in a classroom in the library or at the youth center. Two or three handmade copies of a new tale tied together with twine, handwritten in black ink with a few full-page inked and watercolored paintings, always created on white office paper, always bound by three staples, and always jacketed by a tear of wax paper for a cover. Then we would circulate them and glory in the sharing of them You see, we had a respect and reverence for those books that nothing else force-fed to us from the world of the adults could ever match. They were sacred to us.
God's boat out to the island. It was out beyond the horizon, far, far off beyond the mouth of the river, hidden out there, made of tidewater sands and grasses. We are moving through and are touched by the overhigh bridge's wet shadow. Now the mouth is feeding us out into frontier skies and waters. Haley, look at the dolphins in the wake, sewing needle-like among the diamonds in the white-capped waves. This baking day, it's hurting clouds. We are surging forward to the music of the motor that has no awareness of return. The chill in the wind haunts my heart. And then suddenly, as though unreal, the island is there in front of us. Here, here forever in the infinite unknown, perimetered by a blue breath horizon, you and I centered in the eye of creation. Behold it, there and real, as in a dream. We leap over the side, into chest-high water. We wade to shore. We bury the anchor up the beach, leaving enough line slack to keep the boat from beaching with the tide. It is so brief, the island. Your eyes glance it in a moment. Your legs could walk it in minutes. It's just a slip of sand and grasses out here in a blue abyss of planetary vast outer space. And the brackish breeze is tasting you with its tongue. We swim for a time, laughing and playing innocently. And then lie out on the sand with salt bodies drying the ending sun kissing and licking our bodies. We let waves of nature move through us. This is all I ever wanted, Haley. How about you? High school is about to start. This is the end of summer. There are times within time that stand out apart from it forever, like islands, like this island. We both know things are changing forever, but I never would have dreamt that we could lose one another. One day in my life, this life will blow out. In this, I find sheer meaning. Just that one day, and all that followed in the night, that's all I have left of the island. All that lies behind life and imbues it with meaning is glory. Will I ever see you again? Need 
to know nothing. I love you forever because I already have. I remember this. You standing there on the shore in the daybreak gray, taking your last look at the island. And you turned suddenly panicked as though you sensed it somehow. And you said, while I was putting the anchor away in the boat, Joseph, if we ever lose each other, please promise me he'll find us again. I said nothing. I acted like I hadn't heard. I don't know why. I have no idea how much I wish I had promised you that. You stood there. Having spoken those words so mortally to me, and I said nothing. I started the motor. It felt like something, me not saying anything. You did not speak again. You waded out and got in the boat. And then we left the island behind forever. It was just something I did or didn't do, that is all. And maybe it's what made all the difference. Instinct is the will to glory.